1: Welcome to FIBA World Cup post game show. The USA blows out Greece and really puts together their first gold medal performance of the year. I'm David Locke along with John Corrales as we come to you live on Locked On Live, available for you on Twitch as well as Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, all at Locked On Live. Please follow any of the following to get all of the live broadcasts of the Locked On Podcast Network. And And, John, there's a lot to digest here. There's a lot of individual plays to talk about. There's an amazing France-Lithuania game to talk about. We actually are beginning to see what the quarterfinal matchups are going to look like or at least some possibilities. But the biggest thing to me is what we've been looking for out of this USA team we finally saw today.
0: Yeah, uh, some great defense, uh, cohesion, uh, the ability to withstand a great player. Uh, I thought the entire game changed in the second quarter. When Marcus Smart was put on Giannis and uh coming out of the first quarter when US was only up two, and they they had to believe a six point lead with Giannis on the on the bench, and the Greeks cut it to two. And I thought, man, this is a missed opportunity. This is going to be a tough game moving forward because you're supposed to extend the lead when Giannis is sitting down. And then Popovich put Marcus Smart on Giannis Antetokounmpo, and we just saw it work perfectly. Marcus Smart is so uniquely able to guard Giannis in this particular situation. Uh, may not work as effectively in the NBA because of the rules differences, but he's able to uh, really disrupt the drives because you can't really dribble, especially when you're as tall as Giannis, in front of Marcus Smart because he's going to poke that away. He's going to disrupt that drive. And we saw posting up Giannis was kind of unable to post Marcus Smart up because Smart is strong enough. He gets low enough that he can't be pushed. And then he's quick enough where he spun around and was fronting Giannis so he wouldn't give up that position and make the entry pass easy. And I don't think Greece knew how to handle that. And the U.S. just slowly built up that lead and never gave it up. That's the thing about this U.S. team. It's hard for them to, unless you're facing a supremely talented team, Once you get that big lead, it's kind of over.
1: They weren't, you know, off. What I like the best is what you're talking about. Is they were really good defensively and they were cohesive. They weren't. It's not like they had a lights out shooting game. At some point, you'd assume this team gets hot. At some point here, they actually had a lot of aspects to. I think if Greece, if you told Greece what the script was, where they were going to be able to upset the USA, a lot of those things actually happened and the game wasn't close. You're, the, the the focus on Giannis I thought was terrific. You talked about Marcus Smart. There was a play, the cohesion element, there was a play early where they, Greece had a transition opportunity. Donovan got in on, Mitchell got in on Giannis's legs and then they bounced out of it so that somebody else ended up on him. Uh, there was a moment, uh, I thought actually Miles Turner had a really good three or four, uh, stretch sequence on Giannis, you know, couldn't be more different than Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is getting up on you, being physical, bothering, taking away your rhythm. Miles Turner was backing up and saying to Giannis, "Like you can drive, but I'd rather have you take a fifteen footer." And he missed two of them. That you know, Giannis came. I mean, the the opening of the game was amazing. Giannis comes right out of the shoot with back to back buckets, including a three on the second possession, and then he just then the kind of a, the the wave of defenders seemed to wear him out and break up his rhythm.
0: Yeah, you saw the U.S. really say, go ahead and shoot. We'll let you shoot. Uh, and even Marcus Smart, part of what made him effective was when Giannis was out on the perimeter, how far off he could sag and really double team a, a, a lesser ball handler really hard and disrupt that offense. U.S. really was not going to allow Giannis to drive hard and, and dunk all over them. They really... Arms out, good positioning, daring him to shoot, and uh, I think the Greeks played this game a little bit differently. Maybe they were resting Giannis for this particular stage because they know they're not quite as talented as Greek teams in the past. So maybe they were just keeping Giannis fresh. Hard to say, but, but they're in they're what,
1: in trouble now. I mean they've they've got a really tough script now. They have to, I think, beat the Czech Republic by 15 or so. Thomas Sadaransky was great again today in a blowout win, and the U.S. obviously has to beat Brazil for that
0: to happen. How great is it that Thomas Sadoransky, a guy like Thomas Sadoransky, think about all of these guys who are having amazing FIBA tournaments. Just the style of play in this, in this tournament allows guys like Patty Mills and Sadoransky and other guys to become superstars, At this level, it's wild to see.
1: France's Nando Nicola had 22 today and was the key to their whole win. That was an amazing game. I will admit switching over, well, actually, thanks to give ESPN Plus and Twitch some love, uh, you can actually flip between, had both games going at the same time, warming us up for the regular season when you have your five screens up. But I had the France-Lithuania game going during the USA-Greece game, and that France-Lithuania game, you know, one of the things I, I I thought was key today, just from a big picture and an NBA standpoint, John, the France-Lithuania game is why you play FIBA World Cup. Obviously, France and Lithuania have, players seem to have a bigger pride level playing than USA players have for themselves. But, you know, Rudy Gobert goes to the free throw line twice late in the game with key free throws, only goes one for four and has to earn it back with a defensive stop on Jonas Valanciunas, though. And then Nando Nicolo makes a big play. Evan Fournier with a great play. Just the big moments. I mean, Lithuania actually ran an amazing play set with 30 seconds left where, you know, you get hit and beat on that play. Those are the things that you're not getting that in pickup basketball or runs. That's where this is so different. And I would share with you, you know, I think it's interesting. You talked about Marcus Smart. I would share with you from a jazz standpoint, as someone who watches the jazz Donovan Mitchell did two or three things in this game that he didn't do last year that are clearly the items that he's been working on throughout the offseason. So Donovan took the second most amount of shots of anyone in the NBA last year in the paint non-restricted area. Only Pascal Siakam took more. And he shot a really low percentage. We saw, for one of the first times I've ever seen, Donovan today drives and Nash dribbles out, baseline dribbles out the other side and finds a play. There was another time... We saw Donovan with the terrible turnover late in the game against Turkey that should have cost them the game against Turkey, where he got caught in the air and threw the ball away. This time he drove in the lane, jump stopped to two feet, looked around, kicked it out, rotation Derek White three. Those little moments, whether it's a Marcus Smart defending Giannis, Donovan showing development, Rudy missing free throws but having to come back, all getting beat on a play you should know better. All those kind of things are just where this element of basketball is so much better for these players than in a run in an open gym.
0: I was talking to Brad Stevens. He had a couple of availabilities recently, and he was saying a lot of that same stuff. Uh, the Celtics not only have the four guys playing for Team USA, they've got uh, they've had Daniel Tice playing for Germany. They've got Vincent Poirier, who they just signed, playing for France. So He's good. Really, half the team is playing in this tournament, and Brad Stevens loves it because we talk about the injury risk. And guys are going to be playing five-on-five. Five, they can turn an ankle. Jason Tatum turned his ankle. That could have happened at anywhere, anytime. So Brad Stevens is not really worried about the injury risk. But what he did say is that he feels like that first road game, and he, these are his words exactly, hit you like a ton of bricks. But these guys are out here, especially these guys with Team USA, they're kind of the enemy Everywhere they go, you saw every time Giannis had the ball, big cheers from the crowd, lots of anticipation. Uh, everybody's rooting for USA to lose, so they're in this hostile environment. They're in a place that they're not comfortable with. You know, it's great to visit Shanghai, China, but they they just don't know anything around there. So they've only got each other. The lessons that you learn in those situations, how to combat the uh, the hostile environment, it's all an incredibly good lesson. On top of watching these guys develop their games. I'm seeing it with Jalen Brown and watching Jalen Brown. Obviously I'm taking a much closer eye on the Celtics because of who I, you know, who I cover, but. Well, that's easy because that's half the team. So that means you're just watching really closely. (laughs) But I watched Jalen Brown do a couple of things that are really encouraging Uh, spinning in the post, going baseline, using his shoulder kind of bump off a defender and create space so it can try to finish around the rim. Uh, just developing a little bit of uh, an offensive game, that little one-legged, almost jerkish fadeaway in the lane, and then watching him guard bigger guys, if he's showing the ability to kind of slide over to the power forward position a little bit more often, that really gives Brad Stevens a lot more flexibility with his lineups because the Celtics, like a lot of teams, have a giant hole at the power forward. And if if Jalen Brown threw his development in this FIBA tournament can develop some of those skills. That's really going to help his team moving forward in the NBA. And we haven't even got to training camp yet. So that's huge.
1: He's John Corrales. I'm David Locke. This is locked on live FIBA world cup post game show after the USA dominates Greece on their way to the win today. Uh, You can follow John at reds army underscore John on Twitter. You can follow me on locked on sports special. Hello to some of our listeners today or viewers. Eric Klotz is out in Toronto. Uh, Matt James says, hello from Australia. Appreciate both of that. James Scott wants to know. What What was that, John? I said, I love the Aussie listeners. They're huge. They're all over the place. They are. And they all want to know about Joe Ingalls usually or Dante Exum. I have, I have a few of them. Uh, the USA gets a solid performance today. Kemba Walker had 15. Donovan Mitchell had 10 to lead the way for the U S. Uh, Jalen Brown had eight, not a great shooting game for a lot of guys. Donovan was four of 10. Kemba was five of 12. Though Kemba with 15 points on those 12 attempts. Harrison Barnes continues to get a lot of time. He had nine points. Chris Middleton, who I thought was actually the key to the game without Jason Tatum, was just, had, he has had the most bizarre up and down performances. He looked awful against the Czech Republic. I thought he was vital against Turkey. Um, and looked and then looked great against Japan and then today just looked completely out of sorts. He was one of eight, 0 for four from three. That is one of the concerns moving forward. If Jason Tatum's ankle isn't right, where is that offense? Where's that next bounce coming from? But I and I don't know if this is Jason Tatum related or whether this is just uh, post game to Turkey related. Ball movements much better right now they're moving the ball it's bouncing from one guy to another it's not one dribble i don't have my opportunity move it right now and it's giving the group better looks than they had earlier in the tournament
2: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm willing to bet, and I'm not there, so I'm just guessing, but I'm willing to bet that after that turkey uh, heart attack game, you could see in that game, a lot, of, a lot of guys were standing around since then. And obviously since then, we they played Japan and it's easy to move the ball against Japan. They were just way, way overmatched. Um, but I think the, the emphasis had to be that if you're going to succeed at this level at the FIBA World Cup, you have to move the ball and eventually it's going to find the right person. And that, that's just a, a saying as old as basketball, you move the ball, the ball will find the right energy. Eventually the open guy is going to get a shot. And with this level of talent, everybody's going to get their chance to take a few shots. I mean, just look down the box score. Barnes took seven. Brown took nine. Uh, I'm sorry. Brown, Brown took nine. Yeah. Middleton took eight. Donovan Mitchell took 10. Kemba Walker took 12. I mean, it's, it's spread out amongst the, the bigger scores, uh, you're all going to get an opportunity to score. So just move the ball, set your picks, and eventually things are going to work out. And and also, this isn't going towards any sort of contractual thing. This isn't going on your your stat sheet when you when you go to uh, try to make a Hall of Fame case and how many shots you made or missed. Like this is this is something different. So it's much easier for these guys to buy into the unselfishness. I think I think having a a very tight win against turkey that should have been a loss allowed popovich to take a look at that offense and say look if you're going to stand there and wait and try to do individual things we're going to lose and you try to do that against serbia and it's going to get ugly but if you move the ball and force them to move you're going to get a lot of what we saw in this game a lot of free throws a lot of opportunities to get and ones a lot of opportunities to go and get offensive rebounds so um, whether it's Tatum-related or not, I, I think it's more of a, a team-related thing and an emphasis after that that near-loss to Turkey.
1: James Scott has two questions for us on the chat. You can chat. We are live on Twitch, YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook right now. James Scott wants to know from t- two great questions. From today's performance, do you think the USA can w- is going to win the World Cup? Did this restore your belief? The odds have Serbia as the favorite. Did anything change here in your belief on that?
0: I've always thought that they were the favorites. Um, I, I, I knew that it was going to take a little bit more time than maybe people thought a lot of these teams, we, it's, it's the chemistry thing. A lot of these teams have been playing together and uh, I, I really, I'll go back to the Turkey thing. I think a, a win like that, that scares the crap out of you can be very, very beneficial. And to get that early is kind of a sobering reminder to, to these guys like, okay, this is this is for real. So you can look past even the Australia loss because I don't think that was them playing their real lineups. Uh, so I, I do think that the U.S. can win this World Cup. Obviously, I think Serbia is going to be a very, very tough game, but uh, I still think this level of talent and depth is where we see the U.S. advantage. And again, in this game, the depth where Marcus Smart comes off the bench And all of a sudden there's, there's very little Mason Plumlee and no Brooke Lopez in a game against Serbia. Maybe there's a lot of Brooke Lopez. Maybe there's a lot of Mason Plumley. I think Popovich's ability and willingness to kind of change the lineups as needed. uh, I think that shows uh, where the U S strength is going to, going to come. I just think they're too deep.
1: It's a good point. The longer you play, the more you should figure out how you play, what your players are, and and the best way to use them, both from internally as players to players and Popovich, uh, to the players. Uh, Carmen one twenty six says, is Greece eliminated or not? Hearing they just have to beat Brazil by twelve plus. They have to beat uh Czech Republic by thirteen, I think it is. So twelve plus is the same thing. And the USA has to beat Brazil or and then Greece can advance. Um So that's that. Josh, uh, I mentioned James Scott had two questions. Why is every USA player's shooting percentage down from what we see week in and week out in the NBA? What is it about the FIBA game? The only thought I have, John, is there's a funny story about after the U.S. game the other day against Turkey, Ricky Rubio was texting Donovan Mitchell, kind of almost mocking, like, well, welcome to the physical play of FIBA. Welcome to what they let you do here. This is what I've been telling you about for the last two years when we were teammates about the international game. So there, from that kind of interchange, you learn there's something very different about this game than the
0: NBA game. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. It's much more physical. Uh, they allow the zone defense, so it forces a lot more uh, long jumpers, which obviously are a lower percentage. And one thing to take into account is the ball is different. The ball is actually a little smaller, and it, it does it, – it's hard to kind of get used to, especially if you play your whole NBA career with a certain ball. I'm sure there's a little bit of a an adjustment there, but I think the physicality for sure – I mean, you're not getting those easy layups. You're not getting those business decisions that defenders are making. How many times in the NBA where a guy gets beat in the regular season, a January game, does a defender just give up and say, ah, that's it, it's two points. You're not getting this here. I mean, look at the play that uh, the Nassar sent to the Kumpo almost murdered Harrison Barnes. That game was kind of – Greece was starting to try to make a comeback, but that was an absolute no layup kind of really – Dangerous, but hustle play at the same time. So they're really going to beat the hell out of you in uh, in FIBA. So I think a lot of those things when when you're pulling up for 14, 15 footers versus trying to get to the rim and and getting to the rim and, and kind of a little bit more of a, like that 82 game relaxed defense. I think it all kind of conspires to, to drag the shooting percentages down a little bit.
1: And Nomi5548 wants to know why the scores are so much lower in FIBA. I would say, I mean, one is that it's a 40-minute game. Two are all the things that John mentioned. John, there's so much talk around the league right now about shortening the schedule and player load. I wonder if the 40-minute game is actually the answer. Because a little bit of what you're talking about right there of where you're not giving up that possession, you're not giving up that possession because there's 20% less possessions in these games. You take eight minutes out And you've got about 20% less possessions, so giving up that easy layup, that easy play, is more painful in a short 40-minute game than it is when you have 100 possessions in a game. I wonder if actually some of the answers to the NBA question marks, workload, making every game seem important, intensifying the action on a given night, if you drop the game to 40 minutes, I wonder whether or not that might do it in the NBA a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean it's an interesting thought I mean these games fly by and, well, that, and that's uh, the other
1: one frankly TV loves soccer because as much as it might put you to sleep just kidding all the international listeners just kidding uh, people love soccer the TV loves soccer not because of its entertainment value because it's two hours in and out every single time in a window. And the NBA for the last three years has been trying to do all these subtle things to speed up the game, eliminate a timeout, change the way we do free throws. Maybe the answer is
0: just shortening the game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something to consider. I'm not entirely opposed to that, but then you start getting into the, um, the numbers aspects. I'm sure the players probably wouldn't, wouldn't really appreciate having eight fewer minutes Mm, to mm. pump up their statistics and, Look, you've got historical things. You you got points leaders, rebounds leaders that if you've got eight fewer minutes in a game, you're you're taking away five, six points this is gonna make it harder for someone's legacy to uh, you know, how many hundreds of points you're gonna take away from LeBron, let's say, or whomever. It, it makes it harder to climb up those lists. So uh I think I think there's a lot of ancillary problems with that that have nothing to do with the actual game of basketball even shortening the season but i i i enjoy the 40 minute game i think i think there's a lot of there there's a lot of value to taking uh, a few minutes out of the game i mean you can even go to 11 minute quarters or something i don't know but um but yeah back to the original question that that's part of why the the scores are so low
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Q Peterson wants to know, you're welcome to join us, by the way. We're live on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, as well as Periscope. So all of them at Locked On Live, please follow and subscribe. It will be the Locked On Podcast Network live channel. These are kind of actually officially little template Experiments, but they seem to be working pretty well, so we'll continue to do them and make them look even better as we get forward. Q Peterson wants to know who impressed you the most today john
0: well I'm going to go back to Marcus smart because i just I just love the defense that he played on uh Yas Kupo i mean I'm just looking at Marcus smart's stat line three points on three free throws, 0 of three from the field, and he was uh second in plus minus behind Donovan Mitchell was a plus 18 apologies to Greg Popovich for using single game plus minus but I think it is indicative of the play uh his play today I'm just super impressed with how he defended Giannis and if if he wasn't able to do that I know other guys defended Giannis too and it was a group effort but I think Marcus Smart especially his efforts on Giannis in that in that second quarter where the U.S. Outscored uh, Greece. What was it, nineteen to eight? That was the critical moment. That was the critical time in this game where this game kind of broke open, and that was almost entirely Marcus Smart's effort on defense. So that was that was very impressive.
1: I would single out three players uh, to mention in this one. I thought Derek White was good. Non Kemba non Kemba have been a really big problem for the USA, and I thought Derek White held down the fort very, very well in the non-Kemba moments today. Uh, Marcus Smart, I think, actually kind of got the role, of, as John's talking about, not having to do the ball handling as much and being the defensive specialty. Uh, I thought Jalen Brown, who if I watched him every day like you do, I think would infuriate me to no end. Um, holy smokes, just watching him here, it's like one minute you're like, close out. And the next minute he makes a brilliant play, and You're like, you're so gifted close out. Um, he, just, but I thought he was, I thought he was vital today. And I, and then, and maybe this is just because of the way I watch it. Donovan Mitchell was really good today. Giannis hit early. Donovan answered early with some shots there. Donovan's moving the ball very well. His plus minus. I won't use single game. I'll use two game plus minus. His plus minus has actually been the best on the team, I think, in three of the four. He had a plus 51 against Japan. That'll always help your numbers. Um, And I thought just the subtle little things of game improvement – from one game to another. And frankly, Donovan was really not very good against Turkey. So to see him have an important good game, I think is important uh, for them overall big picture. If you're just joining us, this is the best team USA has looked. This was a gold medal level performance because they weren't perfect and they blew Greece out. They didn't shoot the ball lights out. They didn't get out and run at any great level, but they clamped down. Nobody in Greece could take advantage of double and triple teaming on Giannis when he drove to the basket and the USA, I thought, other than one or two times by Jalen Brown, closed out beautifully on shooters. They they were not concerned about Greece's dribble drive game at all. And they got out on shooters, affected those shots, and Greece got almost nothing off of Giannis' actions today.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the overall defensive effort from Team USA has to be the the focus. I mean, when we watch basketball, we always tend to focus on the offense for obvious reasons, but to out-rebound the Greeks 50-40, to 40, 37 defensive rebounds. Everybody chipped in. Uh, everybody had uh, at least a rebound. They, they got in there and, and closed out possessions. I thought it was, it was an impressive defensive performance, knowing that Giannis was the head of the snake, and you could allow certain guys on that Greek team to do certain things. You can, when you send two, three guys at Giannis, uh, knowing where that double team can come from, and and allowing guys that aren't particularly great at shooting threes say, hey, if you're going to be the one that shoots it, that's fine. And then cleaning that up and getting out and running and and getting into transition and scoring a few points that way, that that defensive effort all the way around. Obviously, I've been seeing a lot, singling out Marcus Smart, but that defensive effort all the way around from just about everybody was was the reason why this team won and will be. The reason why they win the gold medal, they're not, they they can score, but they're not going to be hitting their jumpers all the time. And if they can play this level of defense, a connected team defense, they'll beat anybody.
1: On the quest for the gold medal, France in the first half today against Lithuania looked just brilliant. I mean, brilliant. Their defense was stifling. They moved the ball. They were together. And then they were up 17, and Lithuania actually took the lead with about a minute and a half left, and showed some of France's vulnerabilities uh, in that ball game. Rudy Gobert got into foul trouble. Jonas Valanciunas is a tough matchup. Maybe actually, of all things, if you want the center in the NBA that gives Rudy Gobert the most problems. It's actually probably Jonas Valanciunas because he just bullies him, goes into his body, takes away his length and overpowers him. And he was doing the same thing in the Lithuania game. Some of the other guys who you would think Nikola Vukovic, Carl Anthony Towns, Towns offensive skills cause Rudy some difficulty, but not as much as actually just the pure power, the old school power of Valanciunas. So that may have been a bad matchup for France. They looked brilliant in the first half of that game and I don't think we have a center that can do that to Rudy Parker Kennedy wants has a question about one of them he's interested in how Miles Turner played today watching highlights throughout the week he said he seemed hurt babying his knee problem was it evident today hence why his minutes were less and the comment I've made John throughout this that has me most concerned about U.S. is how bad the bigs have been Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, Plumlee have had no impact on games and the stretch aspects of Turner and Lopez have had no impact on defenses. They play zone. They don't care if those guys are stretched out and rarely have they been able to overpower the smaller players. So we saw more from pop today of just going small and playing without a center.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's going to be where they have to go for most of this. They'll they'll probably have to go big against some of these teams, but uh, I thought miles Turner was okay today, but I, I just, I don't think the matchup dictated, a lot of Miles Turner because that small lineup was really what was most effective. Uh, The thing that really bugs me the most about these bigs is not a single one of them is a great zone busting big. And that's really what I think the U S has been missing. When you watch these games, when zone, when, when teams are playing a two, three, usually you send a guy flashing up to the free throw line. And that guy's supposed to be able to turn and read. And if guys are cutting behind him, make those nice little bounce passes or take a dribble and suck in the defense and kick it out to three. None of those guys are able to do that much. They look uncomfortable in those positions. And that's why I think you end up having to go smaller because now if you throw a Harrison Barnes in the middle, that he at least has the ability to – draw a defense put the ball on the floor make a decision it's not the best option but uh i think that's something that's been missing and i don't this team just doesn't have it so it's going to be if there's a weakness for this team scoring against france with rudy gobert you can in this league in this in this tournament you don't have to worry about gobert being sucked out by a stretch big. You can still park him in the middle of the lane, and he could be at his most effective self uh, against Serbia. It's going to be a lot of the same thing. So the the challenge for the Americans here is: do they put a big that's a little uncomfortable in there to match the size? Or do they just go small and hope that they can keep the other team off the boards, off the offensive boards, and not have them really waste a lot of energy defensively only to give up offensive points.
1: Well, as you saw in the box score, we had up on the screen a moment ago, Brooke Lopez did not play today. Plumlee played limited miles. Turner played just 14 minutes. So the USA did do that. Interesting. As we continue to watch this tournament, Serbia, Nikola Vukovic, who, uh, excuse me, Nikola Jokic, uh, Nikola Jokic, who has the, you know, incredible triple double pass games only had one assist today uh, for uh, Serbia. So they're using him a little bit differently uh, than otherwise. All right, let's take a few more questions before we wrap this one up. Uh, a lot of good questions coming in today. We certainly appreciate it. Feel free to tell people about locked on live and let us know. Chris Walquist wants to know what team is the biggest threat to the USA?
0: I mean, Serbia is the, the obvious choice, right? Uh, they're, they're the favorites and uh, and it's because Jokic, there is no answer for Jokic and, uh, I, I think they would be the, the obvious biggest obstacle because he can just pick that defense apart and shoot over the top of like, I don't think you can throw Marcus smart out there and have him guard Jokic. So you can try it'd be interesting, but then you just put Jokic in the, in the post and just let him work and, and him passing out of the post. This is just going to take uh, a lot out of the U S defense. So I, I'd like to come up with a more nuanced answer, but I think that's the obvious answer. I
1: think France has a chance to cause them a lot of problems just because of Rudy Gobert. And I, depending on how this plays, when they get each other, right. That the, the, it looks to be the USA is going to play either France or Australia in the, the, if the U S beats Brazil, they'll play the, they'll play the second, se- the second best team between France and Australia. So whoever, I think France plays Australia next, whoever loses that game will be the USA's quarterfinal opponent if the USA beats Brazil. Their next matchup, I believe, will end up being the loser of Serbia-Spain. They'll get the number two seed in that pool, and then they'll end up playing. So they, they if they, maybe the biggest key here is if they are able to, uh, they might end up having to Actually, I take that back. I think they'll get the the, the best of the Serbia-Spain. They may, though if Australia were to upset France, they get France early. And I, the, I think the, the longer the tournament goes, the better the USA is going to be. So sometimes I think the threat's going to have to do a little bit with the location of things. Um, question about the games and the television. I thought this was an interesting question from Tyler. Thoughts on ESPN not showing the games on cable or satellite? Do you think people are interested enough or is it a ploy to sell ESPN Plus?
0: i i hate hate it sorry Go ahead.
1: well i mean certainly i think it's a ploy to sell espn plus um and it's a rights deal or else it'd be on nba tv just because nba tv would love to have this content and they clearly don't i think um some of the games were on twitch as well as a partner with usa basketball this year uh so that's another way to get them uh I, i will say i don't know we, do, we're, we love it. All the people listening love it. I'm so excited about it. I'm watching basketball first thing in the morning. I don't know whether it has the mass appeal on a Saturday morning to be worthy of enough coverage on ESPN or ESPN
0: Plus. Or ESPN well, too. I, 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 without the knowledge of exactly why ESPN made this decision, um, I don't know if their U.S. Open coverage had anything to do with it, but there's enough ESPN channels to put this on on regular TV. Um I don't like that it's streamed. I, I do think that there's some of it that you're trying to get a bunch of people to pay five bucks a month for ESPN plus. Uh, I, I would like this to be available to more people. It should be on, and you say free TV, but everybody's paying for cable in some form, whether you're a cord cutter or not, you're paying for this. I'm, I'm a YouTube TV guy and I, I'm already paying for ESPN. So not going to pay for ESPN again, because I got to use their streaming service to watch these games, and I have no choice. Um, I, I just, I dislike the fact that it's a streaming only option because even though I sit there and say it's only five bucks, it's not only five bucks to a lot of people. Five bucks is a means to to a lot of people. That's something else that I can't, I can't do. So um, I, I, I really wish it was available more widely available.
1: The only thing I will say and then we can move back to basketball. I do appreciate the fact that they're not, that ESPN plus includes all of my Kevin Pelton insider stuff, all of my other stuff and my video that they're not, they're not milking me from, Hey, if you want the written stuff, this, you know, frankly, in the world of pay services, ESPN plus probably gives you more content than any other paid content out there. So, all right. Uh, And you know what, if the other choice is not getting these games, that would be a bad choice also. So I don't know the answer. Obviously, they're trying to. They're, they want people to subscribe to ESPN Plus. If you're a diehard, and we'll see. Well, we'll see whether it works for them if the USA advances through the World Cup. Whether this gets much following. It's been a great interaction. Appreciate the Saturday morning uh, for you. Monday morning, we uh, have our next one, I believe. Um, as the USA Brazil, I haven't looked at that game time. Then we'll get into tournament play and see what we can do for you there. He's John Corrales. Follow him on Twitter at, at @RedsArmy underscore John. I'm David Locke. You can follow me at Locked On Sports. We both host Locked On NBA during the week, which is your weekly podcast on the NBA that has not taken a day off during the off-season because there is no off-season for a true fan. So make sure you grab that. Locked On Live are the channels to get all of your Locked On Podcast Network live shows. You can get it on Paris, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. And we certainly appreciate you jumping aboard. Thanks very much. On behalf of John, I'm David. The USA blows out Greece. They advance to the quarterfinals where they'll play either France or Australia. But first, they have Brazil on Monday, and we'll be back with you for that one. Thanks very much for tuning in. This has been Locked On Live, a production of the Locked On Podcast Network.